Are Kirsten and Art there? Already? No, well, Kirsten. Art's think... in the newsroom. I'm pretty sure Kirsten's not going to be here. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. Is Art going to do this? I think he's on a meeting right now, but I think he is going to join. I, it's, I'm, it's weird that he's not ready now. Should we ask him before we just start without him? Mm-hmm. Oh, there he is. Hey, Art Aronson. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Alex Trebek has died. Johnny Depp is out from Fantastic Beasts. We have to wait for No Time to Die, but the 007 collection is now streaming on Crave. And Tenet will be coming to Blu-ray and video on demand December 15th so we can finally understand what everybody is saying. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. I'm in a Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I spend the first 15 minutes in a helmet, and you can't understand what it's saying. Oh, uh, yeah. oh that's funny. That's episode 110. We record this on November 10th, 2020. I'm Webmaster Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays, 7.20, with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone, except for this week because it's Remembrance Day. Mm. I'm DJ Boitano. I... Nope, no, nope, no. nope. Oh, sorry, Art. I'm, right, we're trying, to, we're trying to hold to this order. Right. And Bud. it's funny because Art was looking around, and I'm, I'm sort of gesturing to Art. So. I was pointing at Art, but <laughs> Brian can't hear the I point. can't see the point. <laughs> you can't see the point. Who can? Uh, my name is Art Aronson. I'm a reporter here and Master Scholar. Nice. Now, Brian, go. <laughs> and I'm Kirsten. G- nope. No, I'm uh, DJ Boitano and uh, I'm on the weekend zone and other places. Yeah. And the mixtape live in the afternoon. Zone? Oh, and the mix. Yeah. Live in the afternoon. Sorry. I didn't set it up for Paul. Sorry. Something, something afternoon zone. Go ahead, Paul. Great. Um, so, Art, do you want no, to. No, that's not how you do the intro. All oh, right. Jeez. <laughs> We're all over the map now. Do you want to apologize, Art, for maybe possibly if this podcast was the only place they were getting any current events or news, people might have been very concerned from your Uh-oh. talking last week oh. that Donald Trump was going to be president again. Wow. Thank you very much for bringing that up right off the top. You said you would be happy to eat your words. I did yeah. say that. Did something throw egg? At, did somebody throw an egg at you? Someone should throw an egg at me. And I, <laughs> what? I, I went back and listened. And I was about to start cringing while I'm listening, right? Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I feel like we hedged our bets enough there yeah. at the end that it, it wasn't, wasn't quite so good. definite. Yeah. And I thank you guys because I was almost ready to go the whole way with it. Well, so. what was definite? What you didn't hear in the podcast was when Art wrote the note on the notepad and slid it to me while we were recording. And, said, and I looked at it and it's like, it's not looking good for Biden. And I'm like, I don't need to see this now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, and, you you know what? And and to say it here, you know, maybe there are some who listen to this podcast that wanted the Republicans and Trump to win. So uh, I'm not going to go on here hmm. and be like, gloat, I'm happy that such and such won. Nope. Uh, but I, 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 I get eggs thrown at you. Yeah. And I and I I made the mistake that everybody made uh, thinking that election was over at, you know, 10 o'clock or even before then. Um you know, with everything that's happening during this pandemic and uh, the votes coming in late and all over the places like that, that uh, we had no idea. And full credit to Biden, who came in at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We are on track to win this election. I yeah. even tweeted at that point. I was like, and that, that's a tweet that I'm not happy that I wrote. <laughs> I was like, I, I put it in quotes. Uh, Joe Biden goes, we are on track to win this election. And then I put one of those, you know, like... 
but he he knew a lot more than i knew thankfully and um yeah so yeah egg in my face uh, i jumped the gun on that one that's okay you know what you're happy to be wrong we can't predict the future it's okay Thanks, guys. Uh, Bernie Sanders good. Ah, that's right, too. He, he, he talked about it a week before. <laughs> um, I was pretty concerned, though. Like, even all that day, I was all nervous. I was like, wait a minute. America is, is going to vote for Donald Trump again. And half of them did. And yeah. it was scary. And it really was touch and go for a minute there on Tuesday. It did feel like 2016 over again. But- well, and the scary thing for me is that I knew it wouldn't be decided mm. that night and yet it was four Tuesdays full of intense pressure before yeah. the bubble finally burst and we found out what happened. Yeah. 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 So, and it was a very weird feeling as well because that's that's kind of you art to you know, hedge your bets and, and be chill if people wanted Trump to win who were listening to this. Um, I don't want to, yeah, I think it's good kind of to do that more in a way of like, I don't want to like really shit on people for if they believe that, but I do want to talk to them. I want to sit down and just be like, what's up, dude? Why? Why that? Why after four years? And I'm I'm hearing a lot of interesting things right now, breaking down why people voted and why certain segments voted in the way they did. And I, I'll find it all very fascinating. Um, that's not why you come to this podcast, certainly, though. But I do and I hope that there is because there certainly wasn't this repudiation. I've never heard the word repudiation so much in my life <laughs> since last Tuesday. There wasn't that for Trump this year. And there. It would have felt a lot better, number one, if there was that, if so much of America did wake up and say, like, this is awful and this is not what we believe. But guess what? It is. And it's it's okay. And I just I want to talk to people and just have that conversation and be like, why are you tricked by this like carnival barking huckster? Because that's what he is. Um, I, I know that like he's tied in in some people's minds to like how the economy did before COVID wrecked it. So maybe that, you know, and, but anyways, but especially here in Canada too, it's just like, you cannot do well from Trump in Canada. People can be negatively affected, but who possibly could be positively affected by him and what he kind of stood for. So I really hope that there is like this great awakening for all these people who, you know, please realize like how damaging this president was for so many people, human beings. That's conflict. And I, I've been taking this course in conflict just recently. And the slide that I just remember viewing, uh, there are three different kinds of truths, guys. Perspective, personal truth, what you think is true. Um, objective truth. So that's like the this, truth. The truth. So that's like this building or this building is 20 feet long or something. And then there's intersubjective truth. Whoa. Which is what everybody agrees is the truth. So the three different truths. Wow. And that's, that's the most common, the intersubjective truth. So it's people that you, uh, are hanging out with people. The oh, that's bizarre that and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So that's why there's so much conflict in this world. You're saying that intersubjective truth is what did you say? Like the most common is of? the most common truth. Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. So that's basically confirmation bias yeah. on what could be wrong 
Yeah. It's just if the most it, what everybody agrees on to be the truth about. Ooh, ah, well, Iggy. that's exactly what we're dealing with right now. You know, now that we're a week out from this, is there are two versions of truth happening in America oh, right now. They're yep. so divided that half believes one. I would say probably more than half, but the other half, a huge segment of that country, believes a specific truth that's intersubjective for each other. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not objective. And that country has no possible way of finding an inner subjective truth amongst each other, amongst the two poles of their political spectrum. And it's like, that is so damaging. That- and it's only been made worse over the last four years. And they've got to come to a reckoning because so many people are not dealing with reality right now. And that is wild. No, that guy in the White House has created two Americas. You know, just like forged, like just a spike, mm-hmm. and just and just polarized everyone so hard to the to to the one side or the other, and it's terrifying because yeah. I don't think it's ever been that bad. Yeah, you could be a Democrat. Yeah, you could be a Republican. Yeah, you could not agree with the other side sure. that you're not voting for. But it was never like this. No. Yeah. I this. Yeah. Uh, I know we're becoming a political podcast, but I'm just. Yeah. Saying, I'm just thinking that, like, I, yeah, yes, I know he perpetuated it a lot. I don't think he created it. I think it did exist. Like, especially if you're looking at right now, voter turnout. Voter turnout before was pretty shitty. No. Um. So you didn't really know exactly what a certain subsection of um of the voting population were thinking right and uh you didn't really see too too much how divided the country was um but to a certain you know a certain subsection of people they weren't surprised at the 2016 election results they they weren't surprised that it was like oh wow i didn't think i didn't think america was this racist and remember okay so like this is the thing that i was thinking too is that like um i don't know if we're going to be talking about dave Chappelle on snl this past weekend but uh one of the things when he was we're gearing up for watching dave Chappelle on snl we're watching one of the skits that he did when he was hosting back in 2016 and it was like the election night um party yeah that he was at and how he and chris rock was like well no this was this is exactly what we expected to happen Right. And it's it's one of those things where it's like you have a lot of people who had their kind of blinders on thinking that, well, you know, change shifting demographics. I don't think we'll ever have a Republican president because this is just not who we are anymore. You know, and I, I, I just don't think necessarily that Donald Trump cr- created that. No. I think he was a symptom of that. And I think a lot of the things that he said that it, it just kind of moved in cycles to to sort of help it grow a little bit faster. Personally, I just don't think it ever would have been that bad without him I, yeah actually no been, i think it like it was always there it just wouldn't have been like it wouldn't have grown that fast yeah i think you're both right because i've been saying you know agreeing with you brian for a long time it's very true donald trump is not the cause he's like the worst symptom of something that's been festering and bubbling underneath the surface of america for at least the last 20 or 30 years but certainly i would say all the way back to the 1980s and the rise of reaganism but 
Um, but I think you're right too. Is in that you know because that, that what was going on and especially the divided media landscape, the 24 hour news cycle, oh, sure. which just like really divides people. Social media obviously brought that to the head, and the head of the pussy boil was Trump. Okay, yeah. I believe that. I've been saying that for a long time, so I think you're you're right with that, Brian. But I also agree, Bud, that he's made it a lot worse. Yeah. His behaviors. Uh, has have normalized at that high level this uh, you know re- rejection of reality, this creation of a new reality that suits your narrative a- as the president. Yeah, and that I agree, like that I totally agree with you, but like that is going to have consequences that I don't know when that gets washed out of uh, that country's hair. And to bring it back around Canada. I'm very concerned because I already see stuff online from various people that I'm friends with on Facebook or whatever, that type of toxicity creeping into our politics. That's why I think I'm so concerned and like with an eye constantly on what's going on in the States is because, look, if you think Canada is so different, Okay. The the main difference that I I do see with between our country and and theirs is that we don't necessarily have a big media outlet that's like Fox News esque. Oh, right? it's and coming, dude! It is coming. There are versions of it that have tried to get going and they floundered, but they've had various success. I can't remember the name of it, and probably I shouldn't name it anyways, but. I, I think be very careful, and especially what we've seen social media take over for guiding people's thoughts and opinions yeah. from traditional media. Mm-hmm. We're only going to see that type of stuff happen more. Yeah, so social media is definitely that. You social know. media is such a wild west of you know non-regulation, but the media, like the fact that there even are politically leaning, the fact that they're in, like that all news stations are not unbiased reporting right. the. The objective truth um, kills me that this even exists, but it it does. And that's just sort of that just eggs on confirmation bias disease. And that's where I'm going with that is that like right now we're lucky to not necessarily have a major news network in our country that, you know, all their 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 mandate is to do is just to uh, confirm anything that major leaders say. Right. They everybody is kind of. Um, still mandated by that, you know, double confirmation and everything's got to be factual or you got to, you know, fact check everything that you're, you're reporting. Whereas, you know, you're looking at what's going on on Fox News nowadays and you're even still actually seeing Fox News and, and seeing moments of like a conscience, you know, every now and then it's, and it, that in itself becomes a news story. Oh, this Fox News uh, reporter uh, a cut away from that, what's her name? Meccanini me- Mechanism? Whatever. Yeah, I can't Kaylin believe that's Mackinney. actually a headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you're getting moments like little moments like that, but then you're seeing other moments where it's just like, oh, all they're doing is just confirming this, you know, the rumors and hearsay about election fraud and stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, guys, I think it goes down and it is tied directly to economics mm. Mm. and and how the uh the measure of wealth the wealth the from the rich to the poor how wide mm. that gap is yep. oh, and yeah. that has been widening since for however long uh it's been i don't know you know since i don't know i'm not gonna put it an actual date on it but i think that the rise of that gap 
people are looking at something to blame right yeah, they're sure. looking they're looking for a reason uh you know it's like it goes back to fascism right it's it, it, people are looking to blame something and out of that rises something like trump totally. right so i think that uh and that's you know we're not going to be immune to that here in canada like a lot yeah. of people feel hard done by in this world and uh social media has given us an opportunity to voice our opinions when maybe we shouldn't be able to, to mm. voice our opinions so uh there's a lot of factors that go into the division of a country final point paul oh um Oh, I'm split because I had two. But no, okay, I'll say one. Yeah, and it is the final thing to, uh, yeah, you know, it's a really sad thing is that uh, if you're interested, write to me and I will send it to you. There's a really great article, uh, a comprehensive study of all policies brought to the United States since the 1980s and Reagan's era has uh, show that the United States has been operating as a functional oligarchy since that time. Wow. Okay. Seriously, if you so look. So there, you want to point to something right there. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 80s. Doesn't sure. matter. Do you like Obama? Great. Yeah. Cool guy. Bill Clinton played saxophone, right? Cool. They all were progressing policies that disproportionately benefited the wealthy at the expense of the masses. So why does the, the working, the larger of the two classes simply not eat the rich, right? Good joke, Futurama. Mm, of course. But seriously, that's what's going on. I'll send you the article. Ah, I got articles on arms. So, Alex Jones, so, crazy guy over here. It all comes down to money. It always seems to come <laughs> down to that. For the love that. of money yeah. is the root of all stupid. Yes, so it is. Paul at thezone.fm and you will also include the best bathroom in Victoria, right? No, that's oh, an in-person thing. Absolutely only. Wait, you never said that it had to be an in-person yes, thing. Yes, I did? did you? Yes, you have to ask me in person if you want to know the best bathroom in Victoria. Why though? Because you don't want to like forward it around like exactly, a meme. Exactly, that's Son of right. A you have to. It's like you have to catch me in the wild, like Pokeroo. I never catch you in the wild. Okay, yes. so a couple things. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have a neat little Twitter thing. America assemble. Uh, nice little faces over the that scene from from Endgame. Um, I, I think we might uh, touch on this whole Kevin Sorbo thing, where you know flags <laughs> oh, equals yeah. votes, and he was very surprised how Biden won. Um, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen rescinded his job offer to Donald Trump after his uh, tragic and sad election response and then posted another tweet with uh, Trump shaking hands with uh, Mr. Facebook uh, saying one down, one to go. Uh, Mark Hamill had a neat, another face subbing thing, but for the uh, Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, he, he, he threw out a yub yub and uh, we're going to include a tweet from, from DOTUS, the, the dogs of the United States, uh, champ and major and uh, heareth and the politics. Okay, can we agree? Yeah, for sure. And it's, oh, I didn't realize there was, but I mean, obviously there's so much that's all that was going on in the world this week yeah. that there's so much even like pop culture and geek stuff that we're talking about. Can I just say, I even sent along the Yubnub one, but both the end game and the Yubnub, cringy as hell, I hate. Sure, but they, you know, they, they appeal to a certain, you know. I know, but You're mixing nostalgia and current uh, events. Gross. And the end game one has been done. Um, I, I remember the end game one was done before and it, they, they didn't cut like cop cut and paste the heads on, on all those characters. They just basically, yeah. Oh, they put words, words, they used words. And I was like, that's all you need. Right. That's when you had the <laughs> BTS fans and yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. So you're Paul Plastino. Yeah. And you host <laughs> the afternoon zone. Right. Great. 
And Kirsten James is dead. No, no, she's just not with us this week. She not should be back us. next week. You know what we should have said at the beginning of this, too, is that there are time codes so you can skip around. But it's okay. You're here with us right now. So thanks for sticking around 19, for 20 minutes. 19 minutes and we haven't finished the intros. We're getting toward the end of the year. And a lot of us have ended up with built up days off because we haven't been able to go anywhere. So she's just bringing off vacation days. We got a new trailer, full trailer, uh, for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. And so now we understand what's going on, who will be in it, and um, there's time travel portals. So I'm sure, Paul, you love it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke movie for jokes, and they just want to cram their jokes in. Fair so enough. whatever, yeah. however they got to make it work. Looks cute, though. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry that Kirsten's not here, because I'm excited to hear what she felt about this. Oh, there's a bunch of things that I'd like to get her feelings on. Like, like the dogs of the United States. Like, that's, that's so cute. All right, well, you're producing Bud this week, so every time we want Kirsten to say something, just insert the her impression of Amy Sedaris as the I, Star okay, Wars baby. Perfect. I will. Uh, Kirsten, what did you think of the Lego uh, Star Wars holiday special trailer? Oh, no. Is that the baby? <laughs> I agree. Okay, yeah. but, <laughs> I just love that clip so much of it's her. It's such a good one. That, was great. that Lego thing, though, does look kind of funny, hey? It looks well produced. Like It's, yeah. it's going to engage me. I'm definitely going to watch it. November 17th uh, is Life Day on Disney+. Plus. That's when you can stream it. Honestly, my kids used to watch all those, like, the Marvel Lego stuff, and they're hilarious. They're really well done. Yeah, they're always written really well. And then on the other end of things, we had a uh, trailer for Fat Man. This will be a digital download on either November 13th or 17th, depending on which uh, column of Wikipedia you believe in. But <laughs> this is Mel Gibson playing a very modern day, grizzled up Santa Claus who's trying to thwart an assassination attempt on his life from a child he gave coal to. So, so is he just acting in this movie or is this a Mel Gibson production? Great question. Well, that's a good question. Because he has a history of producing pretty good movies. Uh, but this does not look like one of them. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think the trailer looked so bad. You got Walton Goggins in there. Yeah, he's he got the creepy. beard on. But it is getting completely roasted in any reviews. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's just starring in this. He has no hand in the, oh, okay, in the okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah. what? It's distributed by Saban Films. I wonder if that's Power the same. Rangers? It is. Yeah, from That's the same Power like the game as the Power Rangers. That's so funny. Wild. Wow. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I also, who wants to watch Mel Gibson at all? Like, didn't he say a bunch of really horrible anti-Semitic things? And yep. it's just like, I don't want to look at that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last movie I saw him in, I think, was Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> Did he have a big part in that? Or? There was a Daddy's Home 2? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was called. Daddy's good Home. Gravy. Yeah. Uh, the first Daddy's Home's very good. Right. Oh, but the second one's not so good? Uh, no, it didn't. It didn't. It, like, it was fine. Didn't like, capture the magic of the first one. Of the first not. Daddy's Home. <laughs> uh, Bill Burr has a nice uh, cameo in Daddy's Home 2, though. That, yeah, I've seen that cameo. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet, actually. Yeah, it's probably the best part of that. Daddy's Home. No, he has a cameo in Daddy's Home the first one, right? Oh, okay. Well, that's why oh, the first one was so good. To huh? dance off? Don't cross the daddy's home streams here, you guys, because if I end up watching <laughs> oh, one of them when I mean to watch the other, I'll be in trouble. I oh, can't no. remember which one it was. I think it's the first one, but there's a... It was the, fir- it was the first one. Okay. Yeah. But there was a conversation in that movie about, like, the thermostat, and it was, like, Mark Wahlberg and, I can't, and, uh, and Will Ferrell's character. I can't remember his, his name. But they... 
it's just it's a conversation that everybody has ever had about the thermostat and it is so so good it's the best part of that movie nice. so just like youtube that movie for the for the thermostat and that's all you'll need to see yeah it's like nobody's watched the room they've only watched the clips on youtube uh, i've part. watched the room and i've never laughed harder in my life thank I'm, you very much it's on my list i will ultimately you haven't seen it yet no no i haven't oh buddy you gotta get i will it. you're gonna watch it um that's great also that they took a v- like that is the most widely circulated dad joke there is like dads care about the thermostat and they yeah. just shoved it into a major motion picture how great for them <laughs> dude i will stand by daddy's home the first one it is a strong co- comedic film like i'm not a father but i have strong feelings about the thermostat oh i and do you guys you two dads do you go around turning lights off in the house oh these ladies with their lights on guys <laughs> my dad was the worst he would leave notes Turn the lights off. Oh, my goodness. What you're kidding me. What is with children not turning lights off? It was embarrassing. I was like, I had fr- I brought friends over and they had, they like, what's with this huge sign that says turn the lights off? I, 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 I don't think it's a female thing, but I do have a daughter and I have repurposed the phrase, were you born in a barn? Not about mm. the doors, but oh. about the lights. Like the bathroom especially. She, she'll even just to like wash her hands. We, we, we always come in, we wash our hands and she comes and sits down or whatever and yeah. the bathroom lights always like just left on just kid kid so my roommate will often go out late at night on weekends and i trying to be like a really good house dad because i'm like a bit older than her um i always leave the porch light on for her oh, i know she's so gonna be sweet. stumbling home at whatever time yeah, sure very high on usually acid okay and so <laughs> she loves acid what can i say Great, and um okay. but she, and she never turns it off when she comes in oh that's a problem right so i wake up in the blasting full sun of the day and the light still on the porch what Un- for unless the porch light shines into the foyer and gives gives her the light to like take her shoes off and make her way to her room without like breaking a kneecap uh, no, no. the light switch is right there and her room is right there oh, okay. by right by the foyer no excuse this is where it pays to be a geeky dad because my kids they used to leave the the stairway light on all the time and i was like i can't give them shit for like you know they're they're following safety you know, they, they need the light on when they're going up the stairs, especially at night. True. So what I did is I ordered some of these sensor lights that go underneath the railings of the stairway. Yes. And so they don't even need to turn on the, yes. the stairway light anymore. Good answer. And they, so they walk by it and then, the, the you know, the light goes on as they're walking up and voila. And then they turn off automatically. Wow, we are tangenting really hard. I was going to say, we were, just, truly, we were on trailers a minute ago. Without fault. Kirsten, we've spent half of this podcast or more talking about politics and lights and <laughs> the thermostat. This is the daddest podcast I've ever been a part of. Kirsten's listening to this right now and yelling at us. Get on to the geek stuff, she's probably saying. Yeah. Kirsten, Kirsten, what, Kirsten, do you, what about? are you yelling? Oh, no, is that the baby? Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. To Kirsten and to all of our listeners, truly, we're sorry. We have a lot of stuff to get here. Let's get to all right. the baby. On to geek news proper. Stop laughing, everyone. Alex Trebek has died. Oh. You'll notice I didn't make a what is a sad day for Canada joke because I, I yeah um, how do you feel where do you all come down on making that joke online because I th- I mean we both you and I bud and I don't know maybe art as well and maybe Brian but like we all mentioned this on our personal or professional Twitters and yeah. I don't think mm. any of us did the like who is 
sad like that <laughs> joke sure. no, yeah Cause, yeah because i think like everyone did it when he was first diagnosed with cancer it was like this popular beloved person unfortunately has cancer like mm-hmm. but no one or, i don't know some people did still do that when he died how do you feel yeah I, it, it didn't um like because i i had to post that on the zones facebook page uh that morning um and I just wanted to share the Jeopardy announcement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it didn't even cross my, like, I, I probably because I subconsciously refused to do that. But it was like, I don't even think I'm going to say anything. I'll just do a sad emoji and then share it. Yeah. But then somebody commented, yeah, like, I'll take cancer sucks for 500 or right. something. Yeah, right. So, the thing is, I, I mean, I knew it would be done because internet. I just didn't feel personally that that's how I wanted to represent, you know, my... Uh, like, I won't say announcing of the news, but you know, like my sure. share, my sharing of the news. Yeah. Like, Cause that's just not how I would feel like, yes, it's so tied into him, but it's just, let's just take a moment and maybe not. That's just me. I know me too. I, I don't, I don't disrespect anybody who did it, you know? Yeah. And some of them were good. Maybe I just, I, it's not, it's not me. They were all heartfelt enough, but I, and I get where you're coming from. If you even did think about it as like, okay, you know, this person did like what you know their contribution to culture is these words and phrases and little jeopardy isms and that's you know that's a tribute to how widespread and like bedrocked those or that you know alex trebek's cultural impact is he's also a human being who died so and if you enjoyed his work and do we have to make that joke i think that's just like a common thing uh, on social media where people feel like they need to barf something onto it immediately and often like people aren't clever like for them by and large people are not smart they're not clever they're not writers and so they're just like bucky buck buck face gay for every <laughs> single thing that needs a name and for anything jeopardy related they're like what are the things i know uh for 500 alex but barf it quickly quick 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 you have to vomit something on the internet or else you didn't live today. Always first and sometimes right. <sighs> so that's where that is. I, and this is one of those things maybe where we, should, we can't really be telling people how to mourn as well. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah, so I don't want to be, yeah, yeah, be the mourn yeah. police that's a on fair this point. one. That's a fair point. Uh, I thought Brian did a great job. Brian, you did a great job on this. Uh, and, you, know, we can, you can find that bit somewhere on, I think, the Zones uh, podcast. Uh, Facebook? Did you post that, Brian? Because I'll bet you your ego would have made you not post it. Well, no, I posted it. Not, not um, ego. I mean, your humility. Mm. <laughs> no, my, my inflated ego. No, uh, I posted it uh, because I did want I wanted to share that clip. And uh, even Art sent me the uh, the clip. And I actually sent, uh, I when I did it, I just kind of uh, did a little bit of a slideshow of like Alex Trebek pictures. And then I actually put in the video of that moment on Final Jeopardy, oh, great! Um, because yeah, and that and that gets to me. And that the 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 point of that was was to basically because anytime somebody passes away, that's always the thing that I I say. If like somebody posts on Facebook that they're they lost their father or they lost somebody, I'm always just like I don't want to just say I'm thinking of you or you're in my thoughts. You know, there's like there's always I'm always kind of thinking it was like you know the. If I want to say something, I want to say something purposefully. And that was the same same thing with me being on the radio that day. It was like, I kind of want to say something purposefully because there's a lot of people hurting right now. And the thing that I 
glean from that clip and I'll thank Art for sharing that with the, with me. He he's the one that emailed it to me. It was like, oh, it's one of my favorite clips. And I was like, yeah, I, I really remember this clip and I love it. Is that he showed emotion, not necessarily that he showed emotion, is that he showed appreciation. Right. And the um the appreciation that he showed was like it's probably one of the first times I've actually seen it because I've only ever seen the updates, the video updates from Alex Trebek. Right. This right. is what's happening right now with my, you know, with with my fight with pancreatic cancer, yada, yada, yada. Um, right. And that's the first time I've actually seen him show emotion from somebody actually showing appreciation for him during, you know, Final Jeopardy. And um, that I figure I took that away as as, OK, well, this is something that we can feel good about is that the amount of love and positive vibes that we've even just sent or even just shared a clip of at any time he's he's um, given an update right just saying that look look this guy is is a hero to us and and we love him that much he's appreciated that you know and that's that's uh, something that we've added to his life and that we could feel like we've added to his life so that was the whole point of that it was a great clip ryan i'm glad you posted it and i and I was thinking about this, guys, because Sean Connery passed away, and we mm. talked about that in our last pod, and we, we talked a little bit about the character of the person versus the artwork and that mm. sort of stuff. Here with Alex Trebek, there is not a single person in this world that doesn't love Alex Trebek. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe, and because we were, I know I was, thinking about Sean Connery, I'm like, it's a little bit sad that we have to talk about his character a little bit here. But also, this is what Alex Trebek gets for being such an amazing person his entire life. Such right? a mensch. Yeah. He, he, gets, he gets this. This is part of the reward for being an amazing human being from day one. So yeah. uh, in that sense, great. Say, say all the amazing things about Alex Trebek right now that you can because he deserves it. There's a few things that I want to say about how good Alex is and what he, do, he did. Um, number one, to do it for that long. Insane. Uh, number two, there's a great uh, clip floating around of him. This is when he was younger, and you know, it's like there's nothing from when he's older because I guess he just grew and matured into the broadcaster or whatever. But he would be like recording these little promos, and then he would like make a mistake and swear hell so hilariously. What? Wow! Oh, yeah. They're they're all like back in the I would say like early '90s, late '80s. He's rocking the full mustache. It's pretty amazing. Um. A lot has been said, obviously, about like Jeopardy's contribution to the in intelligizing of America, mm. where where America is getting dumber and dumber and dumber, and I include us in that. Uh, Jeopardy remained this last bastion of like true kind of intellectualism. Yes, they mixed in the pop culture and the sports questions, and like it felt like every month there was a question about Weird Al on Jeopardy, but. <laughs> There was also some like intensely intellectual shit. Like I hardly ever got anything from Double Jeopardy, right? Because it was just – and oh, I yeah. never nailed Final Jeopardy because it was like really, really intelligent stuff. And so like for that still to exist when everything else in culture has gotten dumber is really um, like a testament. Um, one thing – the thing that always bugged me in Jeopardy is they come back from that first commercial break – and these three nerds <laughs> tell the worst story. It's true. It's like, okay, you're going to be on TV one to seven times in your life. Tell one quick anecdote that tells who you are as a person. And they're all horrible. <laughs> I cringe. 
cringe every single episode. My butthole puckers wow. inside out of cringe. It is insane how bad these anecdotes are. And Alec, here's the compliment for Alex. He makes them entertaining. He just, he just, <laughs> yep. He just he knows yeah. how to roll with them. He treats oh. them with respect. Oh, okay. All right. So you built three birdhouses and then you quit building yeah. birdhouses. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Sam has control of the board and way he would go. He knew how to do it. So yeah. that's amazing. And last thing I'll say, and this, I've trouble with this because this is a weird thing, but I will say, like, I do take the passing of Alex very seriously. Number one, born in Sudbury, same like me. Oh, nice. Number two, he looks exactly like my dad. Whoa. And they both shave their mustache at exactly the same time. Whoa! Weird coincidence. Very. And pancreatic cancer, obviously just a devastating thing that's touched so many lives, mine included. But last thing I'll say is, weirdly, Jeopardy and chill, you guys. Jeopardy and chill. Huh? I don't know what it is. Mm. But when Jeopardy first came on Netflix not too long ago, try that. I was like just... Get like just nonstop fuck, and the fuck would happen is like crazy, crazy good fuck. Okay, crazy sex, so good. And then what's happening right now? I don't after, know. I, I don't know why this is, but this is because everyone's like, oh, yep, seven thirty. We would sit down as a family and what? Well, I don't have a family, so guess what? This is my Jeopardy re- reaction. After all the, you know, you clean up and everything, the sex is so God, crazy. what is going on? <laughs> then we would get into the bed and snuggle and put on a Jeopardy. And for some reason, like 10 cherries on top of a Sunday. I don't know why. I don't understand. Because you're playing, it's playful, you're chiming in, you're guessing the things. So Netflix and chill. Thanks everybody. for that, Paul. I'm shutting your mic off. Okay. <laughs> <It's> still- <laughs> You just turned this into an even weirder death tribute than we've ever had. Right? Right? How do we somehow ruin every death tribute? (laughs) Look look at I struggled with this because that's where my heart has been the last few days. Your heart? Like crazy. Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. Ball draining. Okay, okay. Just like and then Okay, and then the Jeopardy. Can you not understand how that would be a really nice little combo, all of you? Please agree with me. So these facts from Art, uh, his last day no, in the Paul, studio was October 29th, and the last show with him in it will be December 25th. For the love of everything, we need to move the frick on. I shared something very personal. Thanks? <laughs> Just sweep my feelings under the rug. Okay. This from the guy who okay. sent us all the picture this weekend that what did your partner get you? The present? What? And how it was addressed? SMB. SMB. Jesus. SMB, okay? Sexmeister Bud. It was Art says TMT. Too much information. TMI. It's not TMT. Tune H Mutant Turtles. I'm just saying, just fire it on tonight when you're done. Okay? It's a nice little palate cleanse. I'm just saying. It's been 37 minutes on this podcast so far. Sorry, Kirsten. <sighs> I'm not even um, uh, Warner Brothers has uh, booted Johnny Depp from the uh, Fantastic Beasts franchise. And they've announced plans to uh, recast uh, Grindelwald. Uh, quote, I've been asked to resign by Warner Brothers, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Uh, interestingly, we also learned this week that... Uh, Johnny Depp shooting Pirates of the Caribbean, a scene that John Boyega saw being shot, is what got him started in acting. And that's pretty cool. Wow. 
I can see that. That was cool. What a juicy piece of news, though, right? About having him kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, when's the last time we've seen something like this? I'm just trying to. It's happened. It's, it's happened. happened. Yeah. yeah, dude. I don't know what hiding her hair to make this Johnny Depp thing. Like, I don't know where to come down, and I don't want to honestly. Like, I know I'm a guy who comes down on pretty much everything and anyone. Okay. Do you mean the Grindelwald thing Jeopardy. specifically? Oh, but, okay. Stop. But, but like, it just. Yeah. No. 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 The or, Johnny or the Depp whole thing. case thing. The whole. Yeah. yeah it just yeah. feels so complicated and. Yeah, this is another one of those things like, do I stop enjoying Pirates of the Caribbean? Because I, oh mm. God, it's like, it's really tough. But where I can very easily come down is, why are we still making these Fantastic Beasts movie? <laughs> You've lost your most bankable actor to Scandal. The, mo- the, the author, Scandal. Mm. Oh, sure, yep. The movies sucked. Progressively worst. Okay. There's only two. Yeah, went from bad to terrible. <laughs> Why are we still doing this? Not bad questions, honestly. Right? I, like the, I like the first one. So again, Kirsten, I know, is disagrees with that because she, she's like uh, crestfallen about this, isn't she? Yeah, she had some Facebook message thing going on with uh, a listener on the pod group, and they were all in. I was like, I didn't know there was this type of love for fantastic beasts and well, it's the Harry them. Potter world in general for yeah. Yeah. yeah so alright well maybe next week she can stick up for this franchise but in the meantime I wonder what she has to say about this oh no is that the baby <laughs> that was great okay uh, moving on uh, Jurassic World Dominion has wrapped and it took 18 months and 40,000 COVID tests dang that's a heck of a that's a heck of a thing to work into your production budget. <laughs> what am I supposed to be impressed by this? Those tests should have gone to school children, not making a fucking sick dinosaur movie. <laughs> well, if you think this is <laughs> fair bad, point, fair point. Yeah, guys, if you think this is bad, you should hear about the number of tests. I mean, I don't think there's a calculator with enough batteries oh, to to put how how many COVID tests the NFL and Major League Baseball had to do to to finish out their season. It's fair absolutely enough. Absolutely crazy. Fair enough. Sports is one thing, and I know this is the like the opposite podcast i should be saying this on but like for the sixth dinosaur movie take a year off no one is sitting there being like when will we see jurassic world three when will owen thunderguns strap his stupid lousy vest on again and 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 redhead girl in her high-heeled shoes bryce dallas howard yes why do we need so dumb. Uh, adorably related there, Tom Holland posted a photo of himself in the full Spider-Man suit with a medical mask over his Spider-Mask, which is adorable. So the stars are being COVID aware. Okay, Brian, you still there, buddy? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> okay. We weren't laughing at many of my jokes, so. Oh! <laughs> Didn't know if you were still there or not. Um, well, news clash. He's, you know, I think he's thinking about Jeopardy and Chill still. Okay, I think, stop. I think stop, Brian's agreeing stop, with me about that. Stop. So, um, so uh, do you think, Brian, because that picture in the show notes, Spider Man wearing a COVID mask over top. Yeah. Spider Man. Jeez. That looked like it was on set, like he was filming it. No. It didn't look like they just like strapped it on for a photo op. What it's are you not going to make it. You no, know, because in the MCU, it's, tw- it's the year 2023. They're post-snap, oh. remember? <laughs> Five years later. They're not going to go right. with a COVID storyline. Okay. See, this is I needed Brian to know what year it was in the MCU. Hashtag Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> once again. Well, <laughs> 
this is common knowledge. <laughs> no, okay. um, no, it's 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 probably I I don't think it's gonna be. It's it's kind of going back to like what I was saying. Um, I in a, a couple pods ago, I guess, where like movie sets are very very hardcore about keeping to COVID protocols. Um, I knew this because I was on the set of a Hallmark movie, right? And right. they were hardcore. So if they're hardcore in a Hallmark movie, oh, think of the friggin' MCU or Jurassic Park with their 40,000 deaths. Hey, question, Brian, what year is it in the Hallmark Cinematic <laughs> Universe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Passed through the uh, the the GeekPod um, Slack was this really kind of well done, spooky Animal Crossing inspired horror short film. Did you guys watch this? No. There were some couple moments it got me that I was not expecting it, and I was pleasantly surprised it was pretty good this girl's playing animal crossing on her switch and then notices that the things she does in her room which looks weirdly like her animal crossing room she shuts the lamp off in her game and the lamp in her room goes off and that is all cute and funny and well and good until of course there is a monster coming through the door in the animal crossing room Uh and then she has to deal with in her real room so pretty good we'll link to that in the show notes the bud, you know who made this? Uh, no, I don't know who made this, but I applaud them. And yeah. I will get to have no idea. How cute. Jessica Henwick admits that it was very hard losing the role of Ray uh, to Daisy Ridley. But, I mean, she was written in as the first uh, female X-Men fighter, I believe. That's right. So, so that's pretty cool. I didn't recognize the name of this actress, but the picture of her I recognized right away from Force Awakens as the female um, X-Wing pilot, as you say. And so behind the scenes thing that I had no idea about, that uh, she was like really, it came down to her and Daisy Ridley uh, for the role of Ray. A six-month audition process. Yeah. That's got to hurt to not get that after half a year. Yeah. But now she's done other things, right? Because she's I, doing the Matrix Four. Ma- that this is it. Yeah, this she's in the it. Matrix Four. Yeah. So if you're dying to see what maybe could have been for Ray, it'll be in Matrix Four. I, you know, it's such a hard thing too because that first movie, Ray, was like my favorite thing of all Star Wars. Oh sure. And then how misused in the next two movies? It's really a shame for Days originally, actually. The other thing about Jessica Henwick, she was in uh, Game of Thrones, wasn't she? She was one of the uh, sand. Uh, oh, was she one of the sand snakes? Uh, I think so. Let me just double check because I don't want to spout fake news. Because she was also on, yeah, so she was in Game of Thrones and then she was on, uh, she was like the only good thing about Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, was she? The, I, I never got that far. Uh, funny. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, was she the, oh, she was, she's one of the main characters in Iron Fist? In Iron Fist, yeah. The- Where she, yeah, she's, she's. She's um oh shoot and I forget her character name in in Iron Fist, but yeah I like that was the only redeeming quality I found of Iron Fist was her <laughs> right um as I remember as a Sand Snake she gears down a bit and no she doesn't um what does gear down mean she takes her top off and no uh, she doesn't it's their sister and are you sure you know, yes. Okay, Brian, Jeopardy and Chill. Um, <laughs> and it was the year 2023 in that scene. So. Okay, okay, okay. Well, because I was going to say, like, do you imagine a world where 
uh, Disney is like, oh no, we're not going to make the face and star of our uh, new franchise and our Star Wars franchise an actress who is geared down in a different movie. Like I, like, I think that's mm. that would have gone mm. unfortunately into their decision making. Don't but you? Daisy Ridley's geared down before. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh man, Paul's on the internet. This is like... I'm going to Google this. Oh, no. <laughs> Mind-blowing You guys are on work stuff. computers. Google it yourselves. Mind-blowing stuff here. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on while everybody Googles things. I'll be on my It's getting very uncomfortable. Stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Mooby. Uh, Mooby, the golden calf, the uh, Kevin Smith uh, fictional creation uh, cow thing, is getting a pop-up in Toronto, which is adorable and cute, and we can't experience it, but uh, neat. Um, Kirsten is the biggest... Kevin Smith fan in this entire room. Kirsten, what do you think of this news? Oh, no. Is that the baby? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, man, that's so funny. Uh, So Hillary Burton is joining Jeffrey Dean Morgan, to whom she is married, uh, on The Walking Dead. And they will be married on the show. Weird, surreal, She plays the human version of Lucille. Are you joking? That's awesome. Lucille, um, Negan's bat. No, that's right. Of course. Was named after his dead wife who passed away before the apocalypse. Oh, man. Um, This goes back to what I was saying, because like they're they're doing sort of uh, a season 10 point five or whatever and they're because they're filming this during covid times they actually have to sort of make it a little bit you know more covid safe so a lot of them are it's going to be sort of solo roles and stuff and or roles with someone in your bubble that's brilliant yeah exactly and then there is this um comic after the savior's arc in the comics there is this comic that focuses on the backstory of negan and who Negan is and how he became to be Negan, um, which was a very interesting kind of just one-off comic. So here is how you get more Walking Dead content in COVID times. Yeah, yeah. And apparently they're also doing more to push the main storyline forward. They're going to get, because Maggie's back, so she, they're going to get sort of her reaction to uh, to to Negan being out and Negan having a hand in, in saving them from the whispers and everything like that. Wow. Um, but yeah, so th- this is just to be be able to bridge the gap because there's going to be a long kind of wait uh, until this final season of theirs. Of course. There's a big age difference between them too, isn't there? Isn't it? Between... Uh, I th- think so. Because she was on... What show was Hillary Burton on? Okay, so I think one, they met on like the Hill CW because she was on yeah. the One Tree Hill <laughs> and he was on Supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. yeah. So I think they met on that uh, CW platform there, and I, I was always like, "Wow, there's a big age difference." She's, they were at a CW mingler. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's 38. He's 54. Oh, good for him. Uh, let's see, 54 <laughs> minus 38 equals 16 years. There you go. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would watch Jeopardy with her. Okay, let <laughs> us please. I told you, I told you Brian would be into it. Brian's into it. An interesting related story is that The Walking Dead has lost a lawsuit uh, where it asked for uh, stunt performers and walkers who were sh- uh, featured in The Talking Dead uh, in memoriam clips uh, to be paid. It kind of makes sense. Stupid Chris Hardwick. SAG-AFTRA, <laughs> like, union thing. I would see how they would try and represent their, uh, their members and whatnot, but yeah, apparently they, so that did not that did not happen.
Yeah, this must be an actors union thing because it is like, um, have you ever seen that? Oh, we should, I should see if I can find it for you and, and, and we could put it in the show notes, but there's this, uh, really funny key and peel sketch where they play zombie extras. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> like he, Michael Key is like, he's the guy that's been there since season one and he's always like, he's a pro at being a zombie. And then, um, and then Jordan Peele is just like the new guy. It's his first day ever being an extra. And they're talking about like he's schooling him, talking about, oh, you got to get that lunge bump. Like, <laughs> you know, where you lunge at the camera, then you get an extra or then you get a little bit of extra money. And then, you know, if they blow your head off, that's straight bank right there. <laughs> is it- and they're talking about all these different ways that zombie extras can get paid. Is it called white zombies? So- White zombies? Zombies? I don't know. Oh no! Is that this one says zombies walk the earth and they're racist? So maybe that's not the no, one. No, I'll try to find it. Okay. I'll find it for you, and then uh, we can put it in the show notes. And but it's we'll- hilarious and totally reminded me of this because this is a stupid. Because the Talking Dead, I don't really watch it anymore after watching the Walking Dead because it's just like it's one of those podcasts that yeah, it's on TV, so you just have to sit on your couch and watch people talk for an hour. And I was like, I can't do that. Like in the heyday um, of the show, I, I get where it would be more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so one of the things, because I guess this was, I think, a segment that Chris Hardwick came up with is just a funny thing is just like the in memoriam, like all the people that have died in the episode. But the in memoriam is basically just zombies that have gotten stabbed in the head in the episode. <laughs> Hilarious. So they, go, they go back and show it in slow motion with like this cheesy kind of. Uh, sentimental music and stuff and was like gone but not forgotten kind of thing (laughs) but i guess now because they were shown again that's technically adding to the talking dead so they deserve to be paid it is so strange that this wasn't part of the agreement to begin with and that there needs to be a lawsuit about zombies getting i think it's because it was a stupid joke it started as a stupid joke that chris hardwick oh fair enough fair enough yeah that show was rough i felt bad for chris hardwick because he had to keep all the names together because i even when i was watching that show i didn't know who was who or what their backstory like he knew so like so much like oh that pertains to seven episodes ago when oh, dang. they they shed a tear because of this zombie thing happened and I'm just like well what? hopefully but he's, he's got- the perfect guy for that right like he's his like the whole nerdist thing that he runs um like he is the ultimate he's one of the ultimate geeks and he just so happens to be a stand-up comic and a, a stage performer so he's just he's really good at that but like he hosts all the comic-con panels and not just not just that but like he does game of thrones and any sort of geeky show if you need somebody he could come in at the last minute and know everything about every single actor he's like the alan cross of geek geekiness that's a great comparison yeah yeah, it's interesting, and and that has certainly popularized that version of show. Like, there's a there's an after show for pretty much every geeky thing these days. There's I think there's one for Star Trek. I don't watch it, but yeah, um, yeah, they're all over the place now. You mean what we're doing right now? <laughs> but that's the thing is that there's a, like an after TV show of of all these things where they're all sitting around a couch like a talk show. But the thing I found is that I would much rather have it as just a podcast right you know like i'd i'd rather be doing stuff while listening to them talk about you know yeah what year is it in the marvel cinematic universe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, Art, have you been watching the 007 collection on Crave? I haven't, but Paul has. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, I gotta say, you guys, I'm a little out of it tonight. 007 and chill. That's what he's gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Ryan, do not encourage oh, this. Come dude. Um, so far. Yeah, that uh, is exactly what happened last night after okay. words. Okay. Um, I watched double us okay so the double are you okay no this is what i'm saying like i'm out of it tonight please don't blame me for sharing my innermost feelings and a, a wonderful time that i'm proud of and how it's connected to alex trebek okay for three because minutes. last night yep. crave tv dropped the 007 collection which i'm pretty sure is every james bond movie wow and I was up till 4.30 watching them. Oh, dude. Jeez. Oh, my. On a school night? Yeah. Dang. And then I had to be at work, like, way earlier than I ever usually am oh. for that dumb meeting that we had. Right. I like meetings. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, so, so, I'm yeah, I'm out of it today. I'm on four hours of sleep and a 12-hour day. I'm sorry. Okay. So what was the anniversary of uh, James Bond that... It came up a few years ago. Was it that? Crave has done this a couple of yeah, times so Crave, in research. Is, yeah, this is the second right. time that they've done it. It's either yeah. 2016 or 2018 when they got the rights to do this. They did this. Yeah. That's It was exactly what it was called a couple of years ago. It was the 007 collection. So. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm, I'm not as excited as some people because I, you know, when that happened, I was just sure. blasting through them. Brand new. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this. Obviously, we're in pandemic times. What's your favorite James Bond? Go back and watch it. Nice. Boom. Right? Nice. Go back. You can go through the history of the world, really. Yeah. American yeah. culture. Pop Pretty culture. With, through the James Bond yeah, movies? Through the James Bond movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's what I, <laughs> I was like teasing the girls in my house last night because they were like, let's watch Queen's Gambit. And I was like, ah, let's just put on one. Let's just put on Goldeneye for like a minute. Let's, put, let's see Goldfinger for a second, you guys. 4.30 in the morning you got to sleep. Okay. Damn, because, dude. yeah, that was at like nine. Oh. So I put on Goldfinger oh. and I was dying because th that the first scene of that movie is like everything you want from a Bond movie. It's like stupid. It's, <laughs> it's John That's Connery. He goes in, sneaks a place, punches a dude, blows up a thing, wears a tuxedo, <laughs> does a Bond, kisses a naked lady. Someone tries to kill him. He sees this assassin in the lady's eye. <laughs> Uses her as a shield. What? Okay, there's in the. Oh, I saw that. I was like, because I, I knew it was coming. I was like, oh shit, you guys, check that. This is where he sees the assassin in her eye. That's so fucking stupid. Oh my god. And then, and then I so wasn't expecting it. He turns around, uses the girl as a shield, and she gets like just full tilt clocked on the face by this assassin with like one of those wacky hitty head things. And it's, I was like, oh my God, this is just what we were talking about just like two weeks ago about Sean Connery being cool with hitting women or whatever, like violence towards women. It was like, I, this is the first five minutes of this thing. <laughs> I could, I was just like, I was horrified, but also laughing so hard. Anyways, so that's what hooked me, and then I just was going through and watching, like, the opening scenes of all the movies. Which turned into the whole movie. No, well, I mean, look at, there's how many, 26 of these things, oh 30 God. of them? That's... I oh, even, so it literally was not, it, it was you going through the opening sequence of all the movies, and then it's four in the morning. I, that's it. I would Dude. just hit the opening scene, oh, a wow. bit of the theme song, because I love the songs, yeah. and then hit the next, and at 4.30 in the morning. That's kind of cool, but 4.30 in the morning. Oh yeah, so tread carefully, everybody, on James Bond. Fair enough. <laughs> but, God, those movies are good. 
I know we talk about like, oh, sweet, it's a James Bond movie coming out. Even when they're horrible, they're so much fun. I oh god, they're so good. Thank you for that. Tenet is coming to DVD, Blu-ray, and video on demand on uh, December 17th. And thank goodness, I am very happy about this. I am happy that it's coming <laughs> out on yes, DVD and Blu-ray, video on demand. Are you? So other people can watch it now because yeah. a lot of people aren't going to the theater no, to watch no. it. So then I can have these very real discussions about Tenet. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been yeah. waiting for this because it was so frustrating in the theater. What, you know I, that I braved, which again turned out to be, I would say, ten times, fifty times safer feeling than any grocery store trip that I've ever had to make. Um, it was a great experience in there. Uh, you know, kudos to everyone for doing that. Uh, but the movie was fantastic and wonderful, and I want to see it again. And I can barely understand anything. Was for the I got a helmet on. Mm, no. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to this. And that's what I she said. I, I actually for my air shift this weekend. Uh, I did a 91 second movie review, but I did it on Tenet because of the story that that this is coming out on December 15th. And it's specifically in my review. I said the two great things about watching it from the comfort of your own home is that you got closed captions and you got a pause button. Absolutely. <laughs> and now a zone at 91, three, 91 second movie review. Five, four, three, two and action. I'll start by clearly stating that the movie Tenet is in fact worth watching and viewing the film from the comfort of your own home will have with it two advantages. The first is the ability to turn on closed captions and the second is the ability to pause. I've been noticing a bit of a trend when it comes to Christopher Nolan movies and it has to do with the sound. In several cases I've struggled with my ability to clearly hear the dialogue scenes. The first time this happened I thought it was because of the theater's sound system. The second time I blamed it on the Bane mask. This time around I'm somewhat unsure what to blame but I found that there were certain key dialogue scenes where I missed crucial bits of information because I was struggling to hear the conversation. This is where closed captions will come in handy for the home viewer. With regards to the movie itself, at its core it's a thrilling spy movie that's filling the void left by the very delayed Bond film No Time to Die. But the main difference in Tenet is while the spy things are happening, you the viewer are struggling to understand the laws of physics and time presented in the plot of the movie. This is very much expected in Nolan flicks and while it'd be pretty difficult to do this in the theaters, your home viewing experience has the luxury of a pause button to enable yourself to take the time to fill in the gaps that you may have missed. That said, what I also found to be effective was to not be so concerned about the rules of time and physics and just enjoy the ride. I found that I eventually got to a point of basic understanding and enjoyed the film a bit more than if I had referred to notes during what could very well be Nolan's best action movie. So even if you didn't want to take advantage of the pause and closed caption functions while watching this movie from home, I'll end by clearly stating that the movie Tenet is in fact worth watching. Cut! That's a wrap! I feel bad a little bit for Tenet because it bombed so hard. And I don't think it deserved to bomb, but I also think that it it wasn't that good of a movie that it was like going to save cinema. Like, let's pretend, okay, let's pretend that that's just expectations. It, let's pretend that like Tenet came out right when like vaccine happened, okay, and this is like now everyone who wants to go back to movie theater can just go back to movie theater like usual, okay. And, and and we still were saying, like, this is the movie that's going to usher people back in to movie theaters. It's going to save the music industry, I mean, movie industry, mm -hmm. right? We're saying those same things we were saying. In that voice, yeah. In that voice. <laughs> I still don't think it would have done that good. 
I think it would have because not only was it, you know, the latest cool, amazing Nolan with a neat, you know, the time travel twist, but if it had come out around vaccine time, oh man, everybody starved for entertainment and getting out to see stuff. So I think it would have been a pretty good I success. might have also seen it twice. Like I might have seen it like opening night and then found Cheap Tuesday or something just yeah. to see it again. Yeah. Ah, what are you nerds? No, I just think that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like, do, do Christopher Nolan movies do that good? Not usually. I right? didn't, like, yeah, I don't think, uh, what was it, Interstellar did, like, overly amazing. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's marketed for a certain, you know, movie watcher, film watcher. Yeah. Uh, but if he had, like, I think if they had marketed this film as, like, a James Bond film. Right. Like, as it was, yes. maybe you would sure. have gotten, you know, a little more show in the theater. But we'll never know because that was during the pandemic. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, look, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, I I think that I just, I'm trying to step out of our bubble here because I think that the four of us and Stupid Kirsten talking now. Oh, no. Is that the baby? <laughs> oh, that was great. Jeez. Um, I, I think that we all are, like, fans of what? Christopher Nolan does, and Christopher Nolan, get as weird as you want to, and I'm plugged in, and I'm on Mushrooms, and I'm here for the ride, but, like, that's us. We're all on Mushrooms. I don't think that most of everybody is on Mushrooms for him. Okay. Well, you know, but it's making me difficult. It's like, I'm feeling weird, but you're not getting my button down. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand and sympathize, especially now that I realize you're running on so little sleep. But, but do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying here? We are all stoked to buy in for his craziness. I think bonehead mass audience. Yeah, yeah, they're all like, "What? Travel back in time and through space? I don't understand this. What's Donald Trump doing?" That you know what I'm saying? They aren't the most accessible films. Kids aren't going to watch them. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I think we all yeah. went in there knowing we were going to be challenged, yes. you know, brain-wise to try and figure <laughs> out what the heck is going on in this world. And I enjoyed that, but it was work. It was work. <laughs> it was work. Into my head, if yeah. I even did figure it out. I don't think it had to be that crazy, to be honest with you. That's, oh. my, that's that, was, that was my criticism of it. Interesting. I yeah. still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed the music. Yeah, it's interesting because... If you look at the actual, I'm just looking at the box office numbers and like the, all these Christopher Nolan movies ranked by box office numbers. Oh yeah. So of course, like the top two are The Dark Knight Rises. Where top the, the number one is The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then uh, number two is The Dark Knight. Yeah. And those are over a billion dollars. Uh, then you go to number three. Was it? Which is what do you think? Batman Begins or Inception? Inception. Yeah. Inception. Uh, but that isn't that didn't even crack the billion dollar mark. That's eight hundred million. Oh wow! Um, so it was it, it seems like a big difference between um like his top two, which are comic book movies, a little bit more accessible to you know a mass a more of a mass audience, and then um, Inception, which is you know Nolan at his you know at his Nolaniest. <laughs> yeah, I would predict that Tenant would do as well as like Interstellar. That's what I would predict. Really? Interstellar was number four. Uh, or wait, yeah. Well, no, Interstellar, yeah. Interstellar was fourth at uh, 677 million. That's my guess it would have done, you know, if there was no pandemic. What's striking to me about when we talk about all this uh, Christopher Nolan stuff is how dumb he downed it for the Batman movies compared to all the rest of the craziness that he wants. And I, I don't think it was something like, 
he was forced to do that. Like, hey, dude, you can't be putting this crazy time travel craziness into these Batman movies. I think he probably knew that going in. Like, I got to make these really accessible. This is my shot to make big blockbusters and, you know, tell my Batman story to as many people as want to get it. Brian, think? Mm-hmm. Brian, are you on Atom Tickets for this uh, list? Uh, no, Screen Rant. <laughs> so I have an article on Atom Tickets from uh, uh, August 31st of this year. And if we put Tenet's 350.8 million in here, it would be the seventh um, <sighs> highest ranking. So The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Batman Begins, then Tenet, mm-hmm. then Insomnia, The Prestige, Memento, and Following. All right, friends, reviews and recommendations. Spoiler! I'm right here! Spoiler! Thank you. The Mandalorian, season two, episode two. I find it interesting they give um, sensitivity warnings for photosensitive people, like for flashing lights and stuff. And they don't give it a rectophobia freaking spider warning. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my God. Phobia. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when that, sh- when that showed up. Right. Like, it was like Murphy's Law in this uh, Mandalorian, the second episode. Like, what could go wrong yeah. went wrong. I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked loved it. it. Oh, it was a great episode, certainly. Like, I'm not a arachnophobic. I'll tell you what actually got me mm-hmm. was the credits. And you get to see the production photos. Yes. You got to see a lot more of them damn spiders. And those looked even more terrifying with all their red eyes. I didn't really get to see that in the dark blue cave. Um, I'm glad of how it turned out because if they had all those red eyes, that might have actually freaked me out more. (laughs) Uh, I liked in this episode that Baby Yoda is a crazy maniac. Holy lightning. (laughs) What eating brat? All these eggs that they're like explaining like these is very serious. It's the end of her line if they're not fertilized. It's the frog lady. Yeah, it's like these are children. You guys, do you feel differently about Baby Yoda after a little bit? We knew, we know that he likes frogs, though. He he ate a frog in the first. Oh yeah, saw that coming. Frog, but he (laughs) ate at least four in this flipping episode. I'm like, cut it out, child. I love how that was the stinger of the episode, too. Is like he looks back at the lady. They have a loving kind of exchange stare, and then he goes back and like, I'm eating another one of your eggs. (laughs) Also, I don't think it was too loving. Do you see how the frog mom wrapped her hands around the the container? That was that was not loving. That was defensive. Defensive? What was? Like she was defending her eggs. Like you know. Oh yeah. The yeah, child yeah. turned around and looked at the eggs, and she's like, "Nope, these are mine." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and baby Yoda's like, "That's okay. I got one right here." Also, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like they gotta rename the show to like "Tales of the Most Embattled Single Dad." That's yes. that's that's, yes. that's what, the what man- a great line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's what that's what the Mandalorian is. Really. Uh, I really I'm like I you know I don't really get it. I guess, but I get it. They're leaning heavily into this thing of like, this is a, you know, I'm sure it's like one of those behind the scenes shows they've been talking about, like, Star Wars has always been about family. So this is like the new family unit that like single dad taking care of this child who eats babies, (laughs) (laughs) baby frogs, baby frogs, please. Unfertilized baby frog eggs. But okay, still. Um, And spider eggs apparently too so whatever's handy yeah what the hell right and that had to have been on purpose as well that like when he first starts digging into that thing it's like 
Oh, what are we on? Uh, LV2961 from Alien. Mm, and right. is this like, those look like alien eggs. Oh, and yeah, he's they, just like, I don't give a rip and starts nope, like nope. elbow deep baby Yoda just eating the goo from inside. But it's believable in the character because only a child would be that blind to their surroundings. Yeah. Uh, that part honestly <laughs> frustrated me a little bit because I'm like, man, don't turn around. Stop this little brat from destroying. Oh, man. And then the frog lady's in the hot tub. And everyone loves frog lady, right? She's pretty funny. She's the new favorite. Kirsten, do an impression of the frog lady. Oh, no. Is that the baby? <laughs> 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 but like the oh internet, like everyone loves Frog Lady. I'm I'm worried that Frog Lady is gonna end up being a milkshake duck and is gonna tweet something racist next week because that's oh, how much everyone geez. loves this new Muppet character. It's so great. Um and also art. Cat, yes. Can you can we put a I don't know if this is worthy of it, but <laughs> you know, a, a caboose on the art is right train. <gasps> what? Let's so, hear it. So do you guys remember a few weeks ago when I wanted to review and recommendation Kim's Convenience? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes! Definitely. And this you is a caboose for this? No, no. This is at least a caboose, if not two cabooseye. So, definitely art. Definitely. So I wanted the final, the last season of Kim's Convenience, I think it was season four, oh. and I very much enjoyed it. And we razzed you so hard Yeah, for that. you guys laughed at me right in my face. To so, And I think... Kirsten was one, you know, she might have been the loudest, uh-huh. just not so subtly telling me that my love of Kim's convenience is ridiculous <laughs> and has no place in doing a review and recommendation. But here, worlds collide. We get Appa, played by Paul Sun Young Lee uh, from Calgary. Brilliant. He's out of nowhere. Yeah. The ex fight from the what, 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 what do they call it? What the New it? Republic. The New Republic, yeah. Uh, just. He just to like have him come out of nowhere. It was spoiled for me, unfortunately. Oh but, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the inter- and this is my fault for for you know watching it, you know the next day instead of watching it on that Friday. Mm. I know. What are we? Are we supposed to get up first thing in the morning yeah. and watch it on Friday? That's the pressure I feel with this stupid show. Yeah. Put it out eight o'clock, seven thirty Eastern time, ten on the prairies, seven thirty Newfoundland. Uh, on Thursday night, that's must-see TV watch night. Yes, has been for generations. This thing comes out Friday at midnight for what? No one watches TV on a Friday. No, they haven't quite figured that out. Why can't we have it? Uh, you know. Uh, Game of Thrones. That's uh, whatever it was. Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday yeah, night. that's right. That's right. Sunday is big TV watch night. But this, I think, deserves to go on a Thursday because guess what? I got friends. You know, my friend last week, he was like, oh, my God, best episode for the first episode. He didn't get around to it until Saturday. And by the time he phoned me to ask me if I had seen it, I was like, what? What are you talking about? That show that came out? Yeah, it's, it's been a week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but this, and, but the internet moves way too fast for that. So Art yeah, didn't yeah. watch it till later that afternoon and it was spoiled for him. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Appa means father in Korean. Oh. Yeah, that's what. Uh, so Mr. Kim, uh, <laughs> in The Mandalorian, and uh, apparently that uh, the actor, he just obviously loves Star Wars like just about anybody else. And that right. was a dream come true for him. The to, story yeah. is incredible. So Paul Sun-Yung Lee worked with Deborah Chow, who is one of the four or five directors on The Mandalorian. Worked, worked, they worked together at uh, the Factory Theater in Toronto way back when. They both happened to be in L.A. for a celebration of Asians in the media. And she's like, so, hey, I'm working on this show called The Mandalorian. He is the 
biggest Star Wars nerd hmm. and a true-to-life massive cosplayer. He's made a bunch of costumes. And so he's freaking out that his old friend is working on this show. Oh, and that Dave Filoni likes Kim's convenience and oh, would like to write a part for him. Does he? <laughs> Flippin' okay. freaked out. <laughs> goes goes to shoot the show and they bring out Biggs's helmet. And he, he knows it. He identifies it right away because he's a big freaking nerd. And, and, and so, and then they, they suit him up. They put him into this cockpit. He gets dizzy when the, when the space is flying around him because it's so realistic. These giant LED screens. The wardrobe department at one point is struggling with how to attach the ejection harness. And he's like, uh, actually, if you guys don't mind, I've built this costume and I have meticulously curated photos on my phone. Are you kidding? How it works. Oh my God. This story was the heart burster of the week yeah. for me. When I looked into this, like I saw, you know, the tweet, I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. Kim's convenience. And then I did my research and I'm like, well done. This guy, <sighs> I am so happy for him. Kim's convenience matters. Everybody. Yes. That's the artist, right? Chew <laughs> freaking. Chew for Art Aronson. Uh, oh man, put a caboose. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm happy for him. Um, what I will say though is, are we upset that they have turned in this show the X-wing fighter, everyone's favorite, most mm. sweet thing, the plane that blowed up both Death Stars <laughs> into a cop car? Yeah. Now it's running around. Your hey, your tail light is out. Hey, they're, they're the F-18s. Your, yeah. The traffic cops of this guy. You couldn't just put a. I know it's member berries, but put a friggin' wide wing in there that no one gives a shit about. Like, I see why they did it. However, The Mandalorian, I believe, is the perfect opportunity to feature other classes of ships, right? like the Y Wing, yeah. because you have. A pretty much a captive audience and you you introduce something that isn't the member berries and you're going to have a whole new generation of people going oh that's interesting what is that and they'll do their research and then they'll, they'll learn they'll learn more about it yeah. i agree with you a bit of a missed opportunity yeah put an, throw an a-wing in there that's my favorite one yeah. um hey guys this thing's a hit now people like the baby they're coming to watch your show you could put new shit in it and people aren't going to freak out but what we got frog ladies only one new thing at a time <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's like the monsters gonna look like star spiders, or otherwise we don't know what's going on. And also, if I had one criticism of that episode, why are those guys, police, whatever they are, for the New Republic, coming underneath the ice back in there and saves them from the spiders? Like, because what are they, they doing? Coming, they, all the way they back? came back in because they ran his tags and they found a bunch of uh, stuff on his record that he should really be arrested for. And they were maybe probably coming down to arrest him and they're like, oh, there's a giant spider on his ship. Maybe we'll shoot that. Yeah, but it was also like he was hidden in there. Like, that, it seemed like a little bit of a stretch that those guys would go to such lengths, put themselves at risk. Yeah. To, to go after a criminal. Yeah, true enough. <laughs> also, here's a dumb thing that I did. I like... Like, my attention went from, like, a... I never get probably more than, like, a 78 anyways when I'm watching anything, but it's, like, a dip down to, like, a 40 for a second. Um, what are you talking about? Like, like a score? My, my my level of attention paying. Oh, oh you're like, okay. So out of 100, okay. I was, you know, I usually watch it a 78, yep. and then it went down to, like, a 38 or a 40, and then... At and what that's, point? Well, that's when they were explaining why that they, he couldn't travel at light speed because it, what, it scrambled the eggs? Yeah. 
Did they say the word scrambled eggs? No, they didn't. They just said the eggs will die. The eggs will die at lights. They come on. Say that. Come, yeah, come on. Why? Why? Everybody travels at light speed everywhere. Because the cabin is, uh, I mean, he even said the word pressurized, which I thought was a weird word to use in this universe. But yeah, like, if it's Star Trek, it's inertial dampeners, right? Like, everything should be, it shouldn't feel any different. Are the eggs this sensitive that you need to travel at non-light speed? Right, like, why they're almost extinct. Right? Yeah, Yeah. no kidding. Maybe they tried a bunch and was like, oh, shoot, we should stop doing this. (laughs) Like I'm sure that the woman that Kirsten does the impression of, which we'll hear now. Oh no, is that the baby? <laughs> um, Jesus, I'm, I'm sure she explained it in a way that made sense to you all. But to me, I came. I was like, "What? Why aren't they traveling enough? Because uh, of a, words of oh fuck, it. Yeah, forget it. Keep going." And then, and that was the basis of the whole show. That's like that set the entire plot into motion. That's why he was being chased by the space cops. So oh, question yeah, it was the entire plot device. Yeah. yeah. Also question for you guys after this episode, I'm starting to kind of grow a bit of a fondness to his ship. It was yeah. a rust of buckets. I'm not calling it the millennium Falcon or anything, but I'm kind of like, this thing has some character. Totally. No, but the ship is becoming a character. Yeah, you're right. The razor crest right, has gone know. through so much. Yeah. And the thing that I kind of like about it is that it's not, Poof, it's instantly fixed. You have at least a sequence of him trying to fix the thing that would, you know, be like one tenth of, you know, how much time you would actually have to spend on it. But you actually see him having to do the work. And I appreciate that detail. Yeah. And I also thought that, man, what a tough life this guy lives. Right? Like, oh. here, here we are just seeing some of his adventures. What, what are all the shit? What's all the shit that we've missed? Walking through the sand, <laughs> carrying all his stuff on a stick. Yeah. Didn't those ambushers have a vehicle that they came in on? Why do you have to walk all the way to the next city? Anyways, okay. Um, that was a sweet opening scene. That was an amazing opening that scene. That was really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Jetpack just comes back down like a spacex rocket and then falls over oh it's so yeah. great should we do like another i don't have as many but like do we do like do you want to do an easter egg thing oh, oh yeah, yes absolutely. sorry yes 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 yes, yes. Let's hear um so the the guy in the desert the 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 one or the one that had baby yoda with the with the knife um did you like recognize because i i, I kind of had to go back and I, luckily it was on disney plus so i went and watched but uh, if you go and watch The Force Awakens when uh, Daisy Ridley's uh, cleaning her, uh, like, all of, like, that stuff, the scraps. Okay. See, what that mask reminded me of was a bit of the mask of who Leia dressed up as when she rescued Han from the Carbonite. Oh, the bounty hunter. No, well, I remember, I recognized it from what you're talking about, Brian. That's, that's, so are, are they saying that it's the same thing or different or the same thing? No, I I don't like maybe same kind of race because like I didn't even really yeah. know what that was. I thought it was um, the Jawas, but like this one was like this has a mask on. That's weird. Um, yeah, taller, different. Yeah. The other thing in um, the Mos Eisley Cantina. So like this whole episode was directed by Pey- Peyton Reed. So technically, the giant ant that uh, ah. he was playing cards with was a bit of an Easter egg or a bit of a thing like, hey. Because oh. he did Ant-Man 1. Yeah, well, he did both oh. Ant-Man. Oh. oh, that's incredible. I love it. That's yeah. fun. Um, and then the frog lady as well. So the frog lady uh, was played by, like, I guess, in the suit, in the frog lady suit was Misty Rosas, and she's the same person that was in the suit that played uh, Kuil from the first season, the Ugnaught. Like the I have spoken. 
Oh, you're kidding. Really? Yeah. That's wow. She is such a great physical actor. Yeah. And That's then this cool. will be significant probably more to you, bud. But the uh, the voice of the frog lady, uh, it, like the I guess the voice from the sounds that the frog lady makes is from uh, D. Bradley Baker. Oh, D. Bradley Baker is the person for creature sound effects Creatures. in modern day voice acting really? well, uh, but you know him from the the last air, airbender right? yeah he played yeah but here's the thing his credits are thousands and thousands long but yes he would have voiced appa momo and almost every other creature sound in the in the last airbender uh, and in, and the legend of korra um yeah he is he, he does crazy things with his sinuses and everything he's he's mm. uh he's a wizard and also plays um pretty much every clone in the clone wars uh, animated uh, shows he just oh. goes into different uh, different versions of himself slightly older slightly younger what really yeah wow yeah d bradley baker is a chameleon I voice think she was a frog actually <laughs> ah, look at you ding 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 <laughs> a, ding the bell ding the bell please hit the bell that's okay Okay, and of course we remember the voice of the robot, the robot head. Yeah, uh, Richard Ayoade. From uh, the IT crowd. That, oh, yes, I love that show. That was great. Nice. Uh, that's pretty much all, I, aside from like, oh, they're doing like another trench run. But th- that's pretty much it. <laughs> good Easter eggs, good Easter eggs. I enjoyed that. That was good. All right, let's talk about the Queen's Gambit. Are you finished this? Uh, yeah, so no one else uh, is watching this right now. I'm watching it, but I'm not finished it. That's all. Okay, so seven episodes, as uh, Bud so clearly put last uh, pod. Uh, yeah, I finished it. I liked it. Uh, I I think it's a great period piece. Mm. Uh, strong, very strong female-led uh, show, and I think a lot of people are loving that about it. And uh, it's not one, like, if you want to learn about chess, that's not what this is. Oh, right, because you like chess. Yeah, it's not well, what this is. Well, and that's what, that, that's what that phrase is. It's a, it's a chess move, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's so. a Queen's Gambit. It's a, it's a strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. I feel like from watching this thing that it does have a really strong understanding of chess. I, mean, I don't know if I'm learning anything, but it's... That, really? I mean, are you learning how to physically play chess? Like, no. move the pieces? No. no it no. doesn't do that. No. It's on a it's a, one, a higher level than that. And there's, of course, a lot of, like, Queen's Gambit, like, uh, you know, references to, you know, chess moves and stuff, like, strategy and stuff like that. But it's not about learning chess. It's mm. about this... Uh, this character who's uh, a child prodigy and her upbringing and what she has to deal with because uh, she has some demons and she's an orphan and it's uh, she grew up in an orphanage and it's oh. a, it's a very interesting backstory for her and uh, the way it's set uh, you know in the '60s it's it's really cool it's like simpler times a little bit and they do a really good job with set production on this show yeah they like do. really really good job and I don't know if this is a spoiler but they go to Russia and it's uh, it's there's some really good scenes in Russia there I uh, I very much uh, enjoyed it and I recommend it nice yeah nice. I'm watching it right now too and I I can't say that I'm loving it yeah like. All right, seven episodes. We're getting through it one at a time. I, I guess I'm enjoying it enough, but I will say I agree with you on all those points. That the like, yeah, the the um, the world building of like 1960s mm-hmm. and the chess and everything in the orphanage, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. It's up there with like any of the best that you can think of, like Mad Men or whatever. Oh wow, it's not, but it's not like Stranger Things where you have to watch the next episode right away, right? You right? can you can wait and you know enjoy it over a few weeks. I or respect whatever. that. I hate being yeah. cliffhangered to the next episode. Um, I think that the 
uh, lead actress Anya Taylor Joy yeah. is. For for I'll say that I I, I don't want to rip my eyes off of her like she is just so engrossing she's so good the way that yeah she acts and and everything about her is just like wow I I am loving watching this performance it's really really incredible um, you Jeopardy she, and chill with her no but mm. don't say um, <laughs> but uh, she she's in the witch the the WWW witch do you know that movie. Would thou like to live deliciously? No. What's that? Oh, it's a scary movie. Oh. You never heard about that movie? Brian? Is it just called The Witch? Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah. What? The the Witch with, like, two Vs? Oh, a New England folktale from 2015. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Super scary and sweet movie. And anyway, she's uh, the lead in that as well. Super scary and sweet. It's, uh, but, so she's so good in this movie, but, like, or this miniseries, but she, the one thing that I kind of is like, wow, this is a lot, dude, is like, it feels like a Stefan from SNL sketch where like, this person's baggage has everything. Emotional issues, suicide mom, oh, dead step-parents, alcoholism, sexism, chess. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, wow. it's like, okay, Jeez. is there anything else that this character can deal with? Every single thing? But I guess that's what makes it good. I don't know. It's getting rave reviews everywhere. So I'll Hilarious. just chime in and say, yeah, me too. I like it, you guys. Nice. Any Seven other- episodes? Seven. Seven. Seven? Yeah, and they're uh, about 50 the- minutes long. Yeah, okay. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Anything else for reviews and recommendations? <sighs> Anything else for this podcast? I think we've done enough. <laughs> we've done enough <laughs> Kirsten James, where can we find you on Instagram? Ah! Oh, no, is that- nope, shut up. I've heard enough that I don't want to hear anything more. Nope, that's fine. Uh, but our- it's the chore will be to go through this entire podcast and insert it every time. Shh, 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 I know we're not inserting it. She just said it. She's, oh, right. Uh, don't say it. Shush, <laughs> Sorry. Art, Art Aronson. <laughs> trying to give you credit for the job we've laid <laughs> down upon you because you decided to take the edit this week. Uh, oh, at Art Aronson. <laughs> uh, between the stammers on hiatus right now. So mm. we got to get going with uh, politics and religion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> politics, religion, and sports. Brian. Uh, DJ Boitano on Facebook, Boitano913, Twitter, and Instagram. Polly. <sighs> you all made me feel very weird about, I already felt weird about sharing that I like to Jeopardy and chill. Okay. I'm sorry. But you all made me feel it's very weird about really it. So weird. I'm sorry if I made you all feel weird about it. But, and I, and I can't. Yeah, no, like that's uh, honestly, it, it, that wouldn't make me feel weird if we weren't memorializing Alex Trebek. And that's the hard that's the only way, because like the conversation was very heartfelt and then it took a turn. Such a turn. <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, uh, Jeopardy and chill. Because when you fuck. That's just, that's what the, the mental connection in my brain, you guys. We don't have And it's to hard because, it. like, yeah. I, Thank you, I can't suggest to you now, like, go home and Netflix and Jeopardy and chill because he's dead and you're going to be sad about that. Okay. But at the time, it was very special for me. Okay? It's a nostalgic thing, right? Uh, yes. Well, and that's I'm, my. I'm happy for you and the person you're currently watching Jeopardy with. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
It just <laughs> works. I'm, that's what I'm working through. So thank you. Uh, and I'm I love we, you I'm, all. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. Um, this has been the Zones Geek Up <laughs> podcast, episode 110. If you're still here, it's Miracle. Love you all. Bye. And the last one. Right. <laughs> the Geek Out podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.